the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy what we've put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, So anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise we've, uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure if you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best stuff here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. Let's talk about Rampage for Friday because you and Britt really fucking did the damn thing. Um, Before me even getting eyes on it, I had people texting me about it and seeing it online. How good does it feel to be able to go out there and just do your own thing and speak from the heart? It feels so good. I just, I remember going out there and I was jamming out to the music, whatever. When I heard my own voice echo from that microphone, I was like, I just knew I was like free. Like I could just say whatever I wanted. We were just out to hurt each other's feelings and like to go below the belt. It was an amazing thing to just have that microphone and be like, okay, my boss trusts me. That's awesome. So first singles match for the title against Britt Baker at Arthur Ashe Stadium. What is going through your mind? What do you want to accomplish? And what do you kind of want the takeaway to be from being able to see you in this new light? This all happened way faster than I ever anticipated. You know, I only got here a couple of weeks ago. So I know that, you know, I don't have any time to waste. Like I have to prepare as much as humanly possible. And it's been a long time since I've had like that high caliber of a match. And I need to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, Cause it's been, it has been such a long time since, you know, I've had such like a, a high caliber, like, singles match that I can really prove to myself and, you know, hopefully everybody else that like, there's a reason that y'all are excited to see me. There's a reason that I have so much more to offer. There's a reason that I'm here in this moment, in this time, and it's to prove that I, I still got it. And then I, I hope I can. I honestly, I, I honestly hope I can. So, um, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous, but I'm excited. I love being able to see my friends thrive and see you in such a great spot and see you so happy. And it's it's cool when you see someone and you're like, oh, she's exactly where she's supposed to be. And, you know, not to be cliche, but yeah, things happen for a fucking certain reason. And for whatever reason, this was your moment to be able to go do your own thing prove your worth as a singles competitor, as, as a performer, all of that. And to have 
so much, uh, I guess like power and positivity and all of that just on your side going into that is so fucking cool to see. Um, what, what was it like? I guess like, I mean, yes, everything is going really great for you right now and it's awesome. It's so cool to see, but looking on the other side of things, what do you think was not working in WWE? What was kind of happening on that like tail end of the riot squad breaking up? You guys all kind of doing your own thing. What happened in your opinion? I wish I knew. Cause like I said, it came as a, a huge, a huge shock to me. Um, and there were, there were a lot of ones that, that I, I didn't, I didn't see coming. I liked my job at the time. Like I, I, I liked it. I, I didn't have a lot of problems. I love that locker room so much. I love the women, especially like the SmackDown women's locker room was some of my, the best times of my life. Cause those women are just absolutely incredible people. You know, Liv and I were, you know, working our asses off to try and be the most cohesive tag team we possibly could. And so I have no idea really um, what maybe I was missing or what didn't work. Obviously I, I fit better somewhere else. And I, I felt that the moment that I came out um, at all out, I was like, this is like, like you said, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. AEW, like these are my people. Like this is the place that I feel the most at home. But, you know, like, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I wish I did, but I didn't talk to a lot of people while I, like I did. I tried, I tried to, but like, I didn't get a lot of feedback while I was there. So, um, I didn't always know if there was something that I was doing wrong. That's always sort of the frustrating part too. And, um, you know, I, I know that I could feel that for myself at certain points of being like, hey, I'm not really sure what's happening, but no one's really saying anything to me. And that stresses me out. Everyone's just like, carry on doing what you're doing. But you're like, something's not working here and it just doesn't feel right. That was all I ever really wanted. Like, I just wanted to be better, to do better, to do better for the product. And I submitted a lot of stuff and tried to get as much feedback as I could. It wasn't always connecting with getting honest feedback. And I wish I knew, but I don't. What was your relationship with Vince? Like, did you have a relationship with him or is it sort of like lack thereof? Yeah, not really. We didn't speak very often. Like I'd see him after matches and stuff. We didn't really talk. He was always so busy. He was so busy. I think I spoke to him in his office probably in four years, twice, but I was also not one of those people. I. I guess like, and maybe this was my own fault that I wasn't at his door all the time, you know, and I wasn't trying to like make more of a connection and make more of a, a relationship, but I was, it's hard to do that. And it's like, it is, I don't yeah. want to just say like that it's like time consuming, but it's like the days are busy. Like TV days are busy. You know, he is busy. And when you're sitting out there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the, like, can I go in? Don't I go in? What's happening? When's the right time? Has he eaten yet? What's, you know, all the things that you've got to like run down that list. It, it's hard to like establish that relationship and to try to establish it within the five minutes that you might get with him. It can be really difficult. A hundred percent. And like I said, he's so busy that I, I feel like I'm one of those people, like as an employee, like you hired me because you trust me that I know what I'm doing. And I feel like 
unless I hear that you don't like something that I'm doing and I need to talk to you so we can address it. I don't feel like I need to waste your time. And that was one of the things is like, I don't, I don't want to insult you by wasting your time and being like, Oh, Hey, like, why am I not booked? Like, I understand, like it's wrestling. Like I get it. I was not one of those people that liked to do that. Like, unless I had something to talk to him about. And like I said, maybe I needed to be a little bit more forceful or or about trying to build a relationship with him and just talk to him. But like with him being so busy, I didn't want unless I had something important to talk to him about, like I didn't want to waste his time. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there were so many times that I'm like, I feel like I should talk to Vince more, but also fuck it. <laughs> Not like a fucking like a bad way, but like, but like also like I, I, you, you hired me because you, you trust that I know what I'm doing. And until I hear something different, that I'm not doing something correct, then I'm just going to trust that what I'm doing is okay for you. And that should be it, you know, and that, and that was just like, my mentality is just like direct. Like if you think I am shit in the bed, tell me if you think that I am doing great. Cool. If you think that I need to work on something, tell me and, and, and I'll do it. Like I'm, I, I just like directness. And it was difficult just because there was just a lot of people that, you know, were in pulled in different directions. So um, not that it's a bad thing. There's it's a, it's a huge company and like, there's a lot of people in charge. So it's not a bad thing. It just, it just maybe wasn't the right place for me. Now here we are. Everything is great. Every train is on the tracks. We're all moving in the right direction. It's great. Um, I was getting ready for this interview with you and uh, I was trying to look up a bunch of different information on you. There's not a lot out there. Like, I feel like you have done a very good job of clamping it down. There's not a lot of like real personal information about you other than like you wanted to be a teacher. Years and years and years ago, a lifetime ago, but yeah, a music teacher. What's your music background? I sang in choir for a number of years and I wanted to be a choir teacher, but turns out can't read music. Like I can't, I can read it, but I can't sight read and like read it and then have it come out of my mouth. It something doesn't click in there. And so actually I went to try out for the music program at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. And, uh, that was the part that I failed in. And then after that, I dropped out of college to fake fight in my underwear. <laughs> so yeah, made my parents what, proud. What are your go-to songs? I did not know that you have this voice. The one that I can think of, cause like I said, it feels like a lifetime ago, you know, it feels like a lifetime ago that I sang, but like, I, I think I, I, I sang, um, Ave Maria, I think wow. at some point, um, for my, for my audition, I think was, was one of them. Does this audition like live somewhere? I'm not, I'm obviously I'm not going to ask you to sing on cue, but like, no, uh, no, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't sing very often, like ever. Um, sometimes in my car, I think I'm way better. I, I'm not great at like radio songs. Like if you give me like show tunes or, <laughs> or like choir music, I'm okay. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think if I remember correctly, that's the one that I remember is my audition piece. But other than that, like I said, I did a lot of musicals, so those were really fun. Was that something that you thought about doing though, of like getting into like musical theater or like being in a band or something like that? I minored in theater. So I majored in, um, in, I, I started off majoring in dental hygiene. <laughs> okay. As funny as that is considering who my opponent Suck is. Suck on that DMD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it. Um, and it's no offense to anybody who does it, but I just, it wasn't for me, but my, uh, my cousins did it and my parents were like, this pays a lot, do it. 
And so I switched it to something that I felt like was going to be more fulfilling to me. Um, so I did um, music um, education and with a minor in um, theater and bounced around from a couple different majors between like education and music and theater and stuff like that. But I came from a small town. So never in my life did I think that that was like a, a fathomable thing to ever play, like do musical theater as an occupation. But I, uh, I wanted to at least just try to be a choir teacher. And like, obviously that didn't work out, but everything happens for a reason. Cause right after I had, I passed the sight reading portion of that audition, I would be a choir teacher right now. And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So it's crazy to think that things like that would have happened, but yeah. So where does this all intersect of like, you're like, you were into musical theater and choir and dental hygiene, but the, and you're a professional I know, it's bizarre. Who was like your crew in high school? I didn't really have one. I didn't have a whole lot of, uh, without making this super sad, I didn't have a lot of friends. Why? Because I'm socially awkward as all hell. I'm just in an industry right now where a lot of other people are. So it's more acceptable. <laughs> so I like <laughs> that's pretty much why it looks different, but I'm just very socially awkward. And um, I didn't have a lot of friends in middle school. So like just my lack of like interaction with a lot of different kids was, um, was apparent. I had one best friend that I still to this day have. She's been one of my closest friends for 20 years. And she's actually the person that introduced me to pro wrestling. So she was my childhood best friend. She um, moved in across the street from me. Um, and, uh, my mom was like, we're going to her birthday party. I'm like, mom, I don't know her. And she's like, we're going, nobody's coming. Cause she's just moved here. We're going to her birthday party. I was like, okay. So yeah. So her and I became friends and then her family was obsessed with all things wrestling. And then her older brother started doing it kind of independently. And so we used to go to these like real small shows in uh, in Northern Indiana and, and, and watch him in front of like 10 people and stuff like that. And so like that kind of introduced me to that world, but I didn't even know what that world consisted of. So like I, I, whenever I would go over there, they watched it so much. I was like, Oh my God, are we watching wrestling again? Like, are you serious? But I, I came to love it being a fan of it live. And then, and then starting to like appreciate everything that I was seeing on TV. And then summer, like right after I had failed that audition, I went back to a show, you know, with the people that we had met with her and, uh, I saw two women doing it and I was like, this could be something fun. Like this could, I, I could do that. Like I, I could do that. So I started in a backyard. I was like, Hey, can I, can I try this out? I hadn't been good at any organized sports my whole life. I tried them. It's terrible at all of them. Volleyball, basketball, all of it. I was terrible. That's requiring a lot of hand-eye coordination. It's though. so I feel hard. Like and it's one thing that I love about wrestling that doesn't exist in organized sports. If you're bad at one thing, you're bad at the whole sport. Like if you can't throw a free throw, like you just, you, you, you might not be great at basketball, but like with wrestling, like if you can't do this, guess what? There's a whole other bunch of other things that you can do. You don't have to do moonsaults. Exactly. We can find other things exactly. for you to do. I have <laughs> very little hops. Like I can't jump very high. So I don't leave my feet very often. <laughs> so um, that was one thing that I just loved and it felt very freeing to me. And it was like the one time where I was, cause like when I was in high school, I was socially awkward, but I was trying really hard to fit in. So I would go to like Goodwills and like Plato's closet and stuff to find like brand name clothes. Cause my parents couldn't afford like the brand name stuff to find those clothes to wear, to try and make friends with like kids at school. But like when I was in the ring, like it just felt 
like I could be anybody. Like I didn't have to pick, like I didn't have to be these girls. I didn't have to be anything that anybody wanted me. I could just be me. And it felt very freeing. And so I kind of got like really hooked on it. And then I started doing a couple independent shows and then it just like, it just took off from there. My love for it. Just like, I just felt, I fell in love with it inside of it in the backyard, but inside the ring. You talk about your tiny hops and, um, you know, from like the athletic standpoint of things, when it comes to professional wrestling, what was it like for you to be in the ring with an athlete, the caliber of uh, Ronda Rousey? Because you guys did a lot of house shows together. Yeah, it was awesome. Rhonda's so great. Like, I can't say enough nice things about her. She is incredibly humble and she always like approached it from a way of like, I know that this is a sport that I don't know a lot about, but I want to learn. And she absorbed it all like a sponge. Her instincts were on point. Like she picked everything up super quickly and she was, she was just amazing. She was so fun to work with. And it was, it was such an awesome thing to, cause like a lot of times where you kind of feel like things get monotonous when you approach matches and stuff where you're like, okay, like I approached this opponent kind of this, the same way as I approached this one with her. It was something where I had to like hit a hard reset and be like, okay, well, this girl can't get me in a hold. If she does, I'm done. It was awesome to be able to have to think differently than I had previously with opponents. Like I, I had to like approach it differently and it just got my creative juices flowing and, and hers as well. She was awesome. And I like, I went up to her, I was like, what are all, I need all the things that are illegal in mixed martial arts. Tell me all of them. Cause those are all the things I'm going to do. Yeah. To you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so she uh, was the one who rallied for the singles match that we had after elimination chamber. She was the one who asked for that. And so I thought that was, that was really, really awesome of her to do that. And that was the first time in a singles match. And the only time I believe it as a singles match that I main evented Monday night raw. Kudos to Rhonda. Going to be a mom soon. Hell yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so your debut in AEW, uh, you, you get to be part of the Battle Royal. You got to mess around with a bunch of the girls in AEW. Obviously, you've got singles match with Britt coming up. Who else do you really want to work with? There's a bunch of them that kind of slipped through my fingers on the indies that I, I, I feel like I've wanted to work with for quite some time. The one that comes to mind first and foremost is Serena Deep. Serena, I've been like a step behind her a lot through our careers. Like she made it to shimmer. And then when she left shimmer that I was there and then she went to OVW, like she left, I was there and then WWE and now AEW. Like, so I've just been like right behind her this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge fan of her. I think she's incredible. So she's definitely one of them. I think that, um, Diamante is amazing. Big Swole is amazing. I've wanted to work with Nyla Rose for a long time. She's impressive as all hell. So like there's that's the thing is like, I just, I'm so excited at the possibilities of all the girls that I get to face and all the different kinds of fight that they're going to bring out in me. So I'm, I'm pumped. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a blast to have you on here. Get to just see you flourishing, doing your thing. Super excited to see the singles match uh, for the women's championship in AEW against Britt Baker. We will all be watching. And uh, you can just prove to the world again why you're such a bad motherfucker. You're the best. Sorry, dad. We didn't mean to. we were we spoke really well. And now we just I had to throw a motherfucker in there. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Throw it in there. He'll Sorry, love dad. I love it. All right. I'll see you soon. Thanks, sister. I miss you. I miss you, too. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on? I feel uh, not to sound cliche, but I feel like I'm on top of the world. You are on top of the world. Confirmed. These past few weeks have just been the best. I mean, anyone who knows me 
Uh, I've been very open about watching AEW since it started uh, and following it closely and seeing the fans and seeing the locker room and seeing how happy everybody is. That was like a real eye-opening thing for me, actually, as far as my decision and how easy it was, was there were many people who I had known while they were elsewhere or doing other things. And then seeing these people in AEW and seeing how much fun they were having, how happy they were. I was like, Oh my God, wow. That's, that's really, really awesome. Um, I don't know if I ever really jumped into this, but like, as far as I, I'll never forget, it was a couple of days before all out where I was still kind of making my decision. Oh my God. It was down to like that close. Yeah. Just a few days. Well, I mean, I guess because of your contract. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it had gotten to a point where it was, we were getting pretty close. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pretty sure from the gate that AEW was where I wanted to go, but, but it was still like, again, not an easy decision to make. Yeah. A nine-year-old me fell in love with pro wrestling because of WWE. So it was like a, Oh, you know, what do I do? But I remember it was like one in the morning, Britt was fast asleep right beside me. (laughs) And I'm just laying there just awake and I'm a night owl. So I'm, I'm normally up much later than she is and get up much later than, than she does. But I was just laying there and I was, I, my eyes were shut and I was just thinking about showing up in AEW. And I got that giddy nine-year-old feeling thinking about it. So I was like, that's it. I've always followed my gut and I've always followed my heart. And the idea of coming here made me so excited and feel like a kid again. These past few weeks have just been proof that I made the right call. It's been, I am, I could not be more excited right now. I'm so pumped. Like I'm not one to like really get into like meditation and maybe I should break off a piece of that in my life. But I always hear about that. Like if you shut your eyes and kind of ask yourself that question, your body basically tells you what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. And for you to like, just to have like that gut instinct to know that that's what you wanted to do to make that decision. Also, I think just like the factor that your contract was up to be in such a cool situation that you didn't have to wait the 90 days. Like I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, if Adam Cole does not show up here, I'm going to lose my shit. Cause it was like the perfect opportunity of like, shit. Okay. His contract just ended. There's no 90 days. He can, we can literally hit the music and have the guy come out. Um, and you coming out before Brian was definitely the move because everyone, you know, everyone kind of knew and assumed that Brian was going to be there, but for it to be like, Oh shit. Like just such a great moment, man. So that was the best part to me. But aside from the fact of how hidden we were, like, I don't know if I really jumped into this. Exactly. Yeah. Not only the trailer, but me and I'm pretty sure Brian did as well, but I don't want to speak for him. But we flew into Milwaukee the night before and then stayed in a hotel. Me and Brian stayed in different hotels. I love the kayfabery. I love it too. <laughs> I love it. It drove to Chicago. We were in a trailer the entire time to the point they kept us in that trailer so long. Speaking of being stressed out and being on time, <laughs> it was like the main event ended and I'm still in this trailer and I'm like, is someone going to come get us? I've never even been in the building. I don't know where the entrance is. I, I was starting to freak out. So they brought us the last possible second. But yeah, it was so, so cool to be a part of, especially to like, again, I know this kind of goes off of what we were talking about a little bit, but like I had a great time in NXT in in the four years that I was there, but still to feel that amount of excitement and just so ready to go for that pay-per-view. I mean, it was, it felt like such a magical night top to bottom. The card was excellent. Couldn't have been better. 
again, going off what you were saying with the whole surprise thing, I think everyone did expect Brian because I remember when Kenny got on the mic afterwards, the whole crowd's going, yes, yes, yes. And they're, you know, chanting for Brian Danielson. So then when I came out, they were like, whoa, we didn't expect that. And then I think for a second, they're like, okay, they'll save Brian Danielson for later. Three minutes later, there he is. <laughs> There's just not that many moments that you really get to surprise people and to really have that feeling. And especially like you said, it's like through your career, you've had such a great time and you had such a great career through your time at NXT, through your time at Ring of Honor to now be able to go out and, and like relive a moment like that again at this point and wrestling being as hot as it is. What a time. And stuff like that just makes like me excited as a fan watching that. I'm like, oh my God. I love that shit so much. It's the best. Okay. So what were some of the conversations that you were having before you left NXT? I mean, as your contract's running down, like what were your conversations with Hunter? The nice thing about my relationship with him and my relationship with Shawn Michaels, they are so positive, like to this day, positive. I formed a bond with Hunter, with Shawn, that I would like to think, and they have made it very apparent uh, to me as well, that it's a relationship that we're always going to keep because I loved working with those guys. Uh, he knew what my goals were, the things that I wanted to accomplish. I think a big reason I loved NXT so much was, again, we had that freedom and that ability to wrestle super cool, longer matches and get to show ourselves off like artistically in that sense. NXT was was kind of built on that mentality. I, I got in at like the perfect time, at least for what I love about pro wrestling. He understood that I wanted to continue doing stuff like that. He knew that my Twitch was super important to me. And I know that's a big, big no-no in WWE, which is unfortunate. But yeah, so I, I was very open and very honest with him to the point where when I was still thinking about what I was going to do, even when my contract was up, like he knew that. And then when the decision was made, he knew that. And Sean knew that. So I, I, I've always been open and honest with them right out of the gate because they've always been open and honest with me. I love Hunter. I love Sean. They have been nothing but incredible to me. They made me better as a performer. I don't think I'd be where I'm at in AEW right now if it wasn't for those two. And I really do mean that seriously. Like when I think about the performer that I was in Ring of Honor, as much as I learned and as many great people as I got to work with, getting that four years with them is priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Yeah. I mean, what a learning tree to be under. I mean, especially you. I mean, obviously the comparisons with you and Sean. So to be like right under his umbrella, under his wing, what a great spot to be. Uh, what else did you talk to Sean about? I mean, I imagine you talked to Hunter about the business side of things, et cetera, et cetera. But what was the conversations like with Sean? Sean was so open and this was so cool for me. Sean and I have developed a relationship, like I said, that I think that will last for the rest of our lives. At least I hope so. Um, and, and I know Sean feels that way too. Uh, but Sean has always been such a big supporter of me and what is best for me. So of course he wanted me to work something out where I could stay and, and things like that. But at the same time, Sean wanted me to be happy. He wanted me to do what was best for me. So he has my back. He didn't want you to lose your smile. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> so so to have that, because he knows how much I respect him, how much I look up to him and idolize him. So for him to be very open about, you know, listen, of course, I, I want you to stay here, but I want you to be happy. He was putting business aside, all that stuff aside. 
He just wanted me to be as happy as possible. So that was really, really cool for me. It was something I needed to hear, honestly. Like I said, it was a big decision. So to have him have my back that way was really cool. And it's not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure it's not in the same sense of like getting like a blessing from somebody to go off. It's like leaving on the right terms. And you know that it's not just like, screw you guys, screw this. I'm going off to this other thing. It's like no ill will. It's just going off to explore a new patch of grass. And I think that's what makes it harder. Lots of times. Like, like again, I could sit down and try to go, okay, what can I be angry about? What can I be upset about and go, okay, this decision was easy because I hated this aspect of of what I was doing. That doesn't exist for me. I had such a wonderful time there. So in a lot of ways, it makes it harder. But then it says to me, the character of guys like Sean and guys like Hunter, who were still so kind to me the entire way through even with the idea of me leaving. So um, nothing but respect and love for those two. It, it is really hard to come to those conclusions. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, so you spend so much time with these people too. It's not even just like times at TVs or times on the road. It's like times texting. It really is like that family environment. You develop these relationships and it, yeah, it's not like shit, this thing happened and screw you guys and moving on to the other thing. It's Just like, no, this is where life is taking me. This is a path that I have to follow. And it's great because things are working out great for you, but it doesn't come with its hardships or without its hardships as well that are a little heartbreaking. Of course. Yeah. And again, I think a bunch of that is because of the relationships formed, you know, between the relationships I have in that locker room, which I still have the relationship with Sean and Hunter, like we talked about, which I still have. It makes it a harder pill to swallow. In, in a lot of ways. Well, screw those guys. The war's on, bitches. I'm just <laughs> <Right>. kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned to like kind of earlier on when you came in at NXT at the perfect time and you're able to work these longer matches and creatively and artistically do the things that you wanted to do. When did that shift start to happen that felt like maybe you guys weren't able to do that as much anymore? Honest to God, I never dealt with it. I never dealt with the shift. I really never dealt with the change. From the time I started there to my last match with Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver 36, we had so much creative freedom. Again, the length of the matches were super long. The, The promo segments we were doing, we had so much input on. I really didn't deal with much of a change. I know now with NXT 2.0 going on, there seems to be a massive, massive change, which is fine. But I seriously, honest to God, I never dealt with any of it. I never did. I, I mean, we had heard rumblings about the change coming, but by the time I was gone, I had never experienced or dealt with the change whatsoever. So that's what I mean when I say my time at NXT was flawless because I really never, I never dealt with any of that. I never did. What was um, sort of the sentiment, I guess, I mean, not as a generality, but like for you and you specifically of that feeling of like, okay, I'm waiting to be called up to the main roster, going to go to Raw or SmackDown. Was there that hesitation of like, shit, do I even want to do that? I mean, you hear these kind of like, you know, I like use the term horror stories of like people being brought up and their character gets changed, their music gets changed, their gear gets changed. And Vince just has a different idea for what somebody is versus what Hunter has been able to nurture at NXT. Were you nervous of getting that phone call? For sure. But that's not to say that I didn't want to do that and experience it. I want to be able to look back on my career and say that I, uh, you know, accomplished or did everything that I wanted to. 
And again, like even I had a really short stint where I was getting the chance to work on SmackDown and work on Raw. And I got to do the match at Survivor Series. And all of those were very positive experiences as well. It was all crazy. And that's a whole other story with the whole last minute thing. Oh, we'll get into that because that was insane. That was bonkers. (laughs) All of it was very positive. But yeah, there, there certainly was a fear. And it's not because of anything other than the fact that I feel like I had known so many people who had gotten upset or stressed out by situations they were thrown into, which again, I'm like that annoyingly optimistic person that like uh, finds the positive in everything. Uh, But yeah, that was a concern. And it was something I was a little bit worried about because so far in the 13 and a half years that I've been in the pro wrestling business, I have not gotten to a point yet where I'm like, I hate this. I am not having fun. I've been very lucky, fingers crossed, the entire time. Well, you just keep it fresh, pop over somewhere else, check out some new things, just kind of keep pro wrestling fresh in the heart. That's smart. Was the last time that you were on, well, I know this was SmackDown, but that was that the last time you were up on the main roster was for that insane last minute show where the, the crew got stuck in Saudi Arabia to bring up everyone from NXT. My ass had to jump on commentary again with Pat McAfee, <laughs> your boy. Oh, my favorite. I'm like, what is <laughs> that piece oh of shit? Oh, my God. What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, I mean, that was an insane show for everybody. But you and Brian had never even touched prior to that match, right? Never. And again, I had been a fan of Brian. Like, I've been pretty open about uh, the fact that CM Punk And Brian Danielson were two of the guys that got me into not only independent wrestling, not only Ring of Honor, but the fact that wrestling existed outside of WWE and WCW and ECW. I was like, oh, my God, there's wrestling in Japan. There's independents all over the country. And those two were the ones who were responsible. So right as I came into Ring of Honor, he was leaving to go to WWE. So I never had the chance to work with him ever. And then when that all went down and that all happened, my God, again, the fan <laughs> in me was so excited to get the chance to, to get in there with him, which is really cool. And the funny thing is, too, I wouldn't have changed the circumstance at all. Like, it was perfect. It was this crazy, chaotic, oh, my God, what are we going to do? OK, let's just let uh, Adam Cole and, and Daniel Bryan go nuts. Uh, it was, oh, it was so, so much fun. So much fun. That was so like, cause I remember like, I mean, obviously Brian was there prior to you guys. Cause we were all waiting for the NXT flight to get in. We're in Buffalo. I believe it was like the dead of winter as well. I think it, I think it was dead of winter. You guys got in there like just before the show started. I got in there and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar were in the ring cutting a promo. Oh my God. Well, I mean, but it's stuff like that that makes wrestling so cool because when you don't have time to micromanage everything, you don't have time to overanalyze, just let the people go out and do their skill, do their talent, let them shine. And I feel like that was such a prime example of just pros being pros from like top to bottom of that whole show. For sure. Like, and the whole day. To me getting kicked in the face as well, by the way, but that's a different story. I did get kicked in the face that day. Oh, no. (laughs) But that that whole day was nuts. I remember it was like 1.30 in the afternoon. And I'm walking around just having a, a normal morning, just very, very relaxed, or I guess afternoon at this point, it was 1.30. I'm walking around making a coffee and I get a call and they go, you need to get on this airplane by three o'clock and you need to go to this airport. And the airport was an hour away. 
Oh my God. I had 30 minutes to like pack everything, get ready to go. I got there. We wait forever. The plane took forever to take off. We're up in the air. We still don't know what we're doing. I don't know if I'm wrestling Brian. I don't know what's going on. None of us know anything. It's making my stomach turn for you right now. Yeah, talking about being late. (laughs) Oh my God, I was losing my mind. Terrible. (laughs) And then some of us kind of find out that we're wrestling, but we're not really sure what we're doing. So I'm putting, I'm sitting beside Shawn Michaels, who's trying to figure out what I'm doing. And I'm putting my boots on 30,000 feet in the air. (laughs) We got a police escort to the venue, like where we're, you know, speeding through everything and there's cop cars with lights on. It was so nuts. Such a nuts day. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. I mean, anyone that's not watched that SmackDown, I implore you to go back to check out that episode because it was a a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on uh, AEW. Yes. See you soon. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the best of for oral sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full length episodes. Should you choose to do so? I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And uh, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the volume network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews. Find them all on there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions. 